0: hello hello beautiful people happy tuesday happy tuesday everybody here in the house happy tuesday miami happy tuesday dr bonnie and i'm super excited because today we are here at 94.5 fm wsqf 94.5 fm radio and i have the lovely dr bonnie here as our featured guest today Hello, (laughs) thank you. Thank Thank you you so much
1: for being here. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, I'm so excited to dive deep into like this um, amazing conversation and talk up all about hormones, nutrition, weight loss, dieting, you know, muscle retention
1: and all that stuff. So um, but I want you to tell us a little bit about you. Who's Dr. Bonnie? So, I am, in the States, they call me Dr. G. In the islands, they call me Dr. Bonnie, but I like I like both, either or. Um, I am an internal medicine physician by trade, but I went on to specialize in anti-aging and hormone replacement therapy. So, my main, my favorite thing to do is bioidentical hormone replacement. Mm-hmm. I do aesthetics, injectables, and all of the those hands-on things in my um, clinics, but my uh, my hormone reach is kind of like nationwide, worldwide. So okay. I really like that I've switched into anti-aging. So I kind of, um, I'm a doctor, I'm a mom, uh, I'm a friend, I'm a daughter. My mom's gone, but, you know, yeah. she's she's watching us. And, um, yeah, I bounced between New Orleans and West Palm Beach, born and raised in New Orleans. <clears throat> and um, I did my residency in West Palm Beach, and I just kind of didn't feel like leaving my patients that I had there. Mm-hmm. So... I went through a series of either my own clinics or a satellite clinics inside of other hormone offices. Mm-hmm. So, but, um, yeah, every week I'm in New Orleans, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, at my studio health office. Okay. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm in North Palm Beach, West Palm Beach area. Do you have an office, like, in the islands as well? I Yes. I literally, this week, knock on everything, it is finished. I'm going to start seeing patients August 1st in St. Thomas. Yay. It'll, congratulations. Thank you. It's my third build out from scratch Mm -hmm. so it's kind of been nerve-wracking it's like birthing a baby it's been nine months already Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. come the first so i'm ready to (laughs) yep deliver it get it out there. i'm excited for you yeah so
0: i love inter interviewing you know powerful successful women um you know i love to know like the the driving force of you know what led you to where you're at i know you didn't have Um, the typical childhood we actually talked about this not too long ago so
1: do you mind sharing that and hopefully your story can inspire somebody today so when somebody thinks I think back in the day when I was little if you told me the lady doctor you would think prestigious grew up with all this money had all of these people coaxing her had a great path you know and that's So far from the truth. So I'm an only child. Um, My mom was actually raped. She didn't she doesn't know. They could only trace back that it was a Costa Rican guy from a certain job site, but he fled. Mm -hmm. So the police were kind of hands tied. Um, So I didn't have a biological father. I had my mom. She was everything and um, lived with my grandmother my grandfather. And they had 13 kids of their own. So wow. big place, lots of mouths, little money, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, um, after that, uh, just growing up, we, we kind of left the area, moved around with my mom's <clears> boyfriend <throat> who was physically abusive. The, the household was not one to breed a successful person. Mm-hmm. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, my stepdad's goal was to make sure that you knew you were nothing, you will not go anywhere, ever. But don't act stupid yeah. because there'll be a price to pay. Wow. And that was for both of us. So until I was about 11 years old, that was the culture uh, of, it, it was just be smart, make straight A's, don't not make an A because that's a problem. Um, I mean you're typical kneeling on rice, like just wow. sick I didn't watch TV, I think, until well, probably up until the age of like four or five and mm. then and then no T V really until after eleven. My mom got me out of the situation. That's a whole different story. But the point is the environment that I was in was to be smart but keep your mouth shut. You're to be seen and not heard. Yeah. And and if you stray from that, that's a problem. Um, so then I moved um, that we moved around with a construction company. Um, I left from there, moved back to my na- my nanny's house, my godmother's house or right outside of New Orleans. And it was when I stayed with her that I saw like oh, a different life. T- people <clears throat> I can smile, I can laugh and I'm not going to, you know, get in trouble for having too much emotion or being seen. So thankfully, my my nanny took me in. my mom was going through some things and that was mm. about um, 11 or 12 mom came back to me when i was 13. um fast forward a couple of years another boyfriend didn't go well so i said (laughs) you know what mom you do you boo Mm -hmm. and um i got a job i worked a couple of jobs i worked at um the grocery store as a cashier for a short short stint and then um i worked as a um a i helped at a loan uh, a credit agency so Mm -hmm. i helped her like campos and um there's this other one. I forget the name of it. But so I helped run credit and get people lines of credit. Mm-hmm. I got my own place at 15. Wow. So I'm like, you know, I just I had to get out of there. So Yeah,
0: I've been. Yeah, I've been on my own since I was 15. So I totally I, t- I totally can relate to that. And it's definitely not easy. <laughs>
1: yeah. And I mean, I think the thing is, is you you come up as like a scrappy little person and, <clears throat> and you have to like y- you feel like you're fighting to, to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Um So anyhow, so on my own at 15, I ended up dating this guy throughout high school, met his mom. She was a science teacher, you know, super good environment. His dad owned an oil company. So through Mm. that segue, I'm like, oh, life, people do things. Yeah. So I ended up going to college for my own, for my own college. I met a guy who, this is my son's father. Um, We got a house together, bought my first house at 19, um, put myself through college and I was business law. I wanted to be a judge. I wanted to be the person that decided, <clears throat> you hurt someone, you get to go to jail.
0: Wow. That's where you go. And that was because of your upbringing. Yeah,
1: yeah. Actually, one of my th- thoughts, I wanted to make an underground railroad for domestic violence victims. Oh, wow. And I'm finding that there is one nowadays that's another talk to. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. But so I started out business law. Um, and then when I got pregnant, I had my son. um, He was about two weeks old and he got very sick. Mm -hmm. And I was a new mom, and this is what the doctors told me. You're a new mom, just give it time, you're anxious. Um, He was just throwing up, throwing up, throwing up, couldn't hold any food down, throwing up, throwing up. And I'm like, something's wrong. So I bring him every week to the doctor. Something's wrong, something's wrong. And then now it's every day, something's wrong. Oh, change his formula, give it time. Maybe he has meningitis. I said, you know what? I'm not a doctor, but I promise you he doesn't have meningitis, get away from my child. So I brought him home, and I'm just thinking, like, I'm the worst mother ever. You know, I can't fix my kid. So a friend of mine was over. This is the story of how I went to med school. Um, A friend of mine was over, and her boss, who was a senior doc, diagnosed my kid over the phone. So I'm like, smart guy. Wow. Like, out of five other pediatricians and ER doctors, this man cared enough to sit on the phone you know, and, and tell my friend, hey, if that baby is five weeks old right now, you better go to the hospital right away.
0: Wow, what and did he? What
1: did he have? He had a very common. This is why I went to <laughs> medical school. He had a very common condition called pyloric stenosis. Super common in the firstborn male child. I didn't know to say the words projectile vomiting, oh. but I would, and that's like the key tell, you know? Yeah. But I would say like, oh, he painted the wall with with vomit. Like he he forcefully like the yeah. it was force. But they thought I was a new anxious mom, because I was anxious. My baby, he had lost weight. He had become cachectic. On the last day, he stopped urinating. Like, he was... Yeah. So we went to the hospital at 10 p.m., 5 a.m. He was in the OR. Wow. Yeah. So through his ordeal, and I was so pissed, I said, you know what? I think I'm just going to be a doctor. I'm going to see if I can do the blood guts issue. Mm -hmm. So. I volunteered at Tulane Hospital, which was across from Charity Hospital at the time. In New Orleans, that was like a big, it's a big hospital. All the gory things happen there yeah so we got the overflow and I loved it I loved the guts I love the stuff so I said you know what let me finish my associates and then um I'm gonna just go to medical school
0: I love how you picked two really easy careers <laughs> so simple <laughs> become an attorney or then then you know you wanted to the, become a doctor to help people that can not help themselves
1: the best part is is I can still get my JD if I wanted to are you serious I might yeah. <laughs> you know wouldn't surprise me I'm bored in a year or two
0: yeah. <laughs> you basically um you decided to be the solution that you couldn't find for your for your child. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah.
0: I'm really proud of you.
1: Thank you.
0: <laughs> Thank you. So let's get into the juicy stuff. You know, you um you're obviously in an industry that's becoming like more popular nowadays and you know you're basically fixing the body from the inside out instead yeah. of putting a band-aid like most doctors do yeah. with prescription medication and all that stuff. So um, I wanna talk about like entrepreneurs and, and the, the business that you're in. And I have a couple questions here for you. So what's something that business owners, entrepreneurs should know in order to be successful and run their businesses when it comes to, you know, to stress, to mood, to focus. As an entrepreneur myself, I find myself, like, sometimes, like, stress and too much going on, and, like, my mood can go up and down, you know what I mean? Uh, so what's, like, the best advice you could give about for that?
1: So um, sometimes it's industry-specific, but overall, I think if you're that type A alpha entrepreneur, got to get it done, move out of my way, these are the things, like, you made the list, you've got the you got the OCD tendencies, you got everything going on, and the goal is to get it done, you're probably someone... And and this this is for, like, 50%, of the, I'll of say, of entrepreneurs. You're eating food whenever you can get it, whenever you can grab it. Whoever's mm. putting something in your hand. Because I've mm-hmm. gone through this. I've had different. I was a hospitalist. I was actually a professor for Tulane for geriatric medicine. And then I built my business as I was doing those other two careers. Wow. So sometimes I didn't get to eat. Especially doctors don't and eat And you're frequently. a mom, too. I don't even know. I, I was doing that, too. Um, <laughs> but we eat whatever's in front of us. Mm-hmm and forever for for whoever's listening when you bring the people in the hospital food for the love of god stop bringing donuts and pizza <laughs> <laughs> So back to entrepreneurs and stress and hormones. So we stress about things. And the thing about stress is, what's our stress hormone? Cortisol, right? Mm-hmm. So cortisol's job is to help you get in that fight mode for the mm-hmm. most part. Mm-hmm. When You you need glucose. You mm-hmm. need glucose. So it starts breaking down protein. That's your muscle. It starts breaking down muscle. Or it tells your liver to make more glucose because we need to do something now. Wow. So you can imagine, even if you're actively... Doing something, or if you're just sitting there stressing about something, that cortisol is still revving up, revving up, revving up, and that increases your glucose. And the more glucose you have, the more insulin you need to put the glucose into the cells. And that's when you start ending up with insulin resistance. So that in and of itself becomes a cycle, you know? Okay. So stress, number one. Number two, our sex hormones. Um, You need to have those in balance for the sex hormone itself when it's broken down has these what we call metabolites that help other functions in the body, other mm-hmm. cells. Um, for instance, uh, thyroid. The the breakdown of one of the progesterone precursors, it helps your body recognize um, melatonin mm-hmm. so you can calm down at night, right? Um so if you don't have that, these people have issues sleeping. So I tossed and turned all night. Yeah. Um, you know, your thyroid could be off. It could be it could be another hormone that caused this hormone's inability to be received, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So cortisol thyroid's a big deal also as far as metabolism, energy and things like that. So um why with- do you think why do you think um people when they're like super stressed, why do you think they can't sleep well? So because, okay, so if cortisol is high, this is, I wish I could map this out for the viewers. So if cortisol is high, then your, mel- your melatonin never goes up. Melatonin, that's your sleepy drug, right? Okay. You can buy it in a bottle at the pharmacy. Okay, yeah, yeah. So the thing is, a normal cycle would be melatonin goes up, you go to sleep, while you're sleeping, you start repairing all your stuff that you, you know, your body re- repairs itself overnight. When you get up in the morning, your growth hormone, your cortisol, and your thyroid need to be ready to start your day. Yeah. Okay? Okay. So if you shunt that cycle, or if your cortisol stayed up all day, guess what didn't come up at night? If you if your cortisol was up all day, the
0: melatonin. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah, you're sitting there
1: stressed, counting all the lists in your head, or scrolling on your phone, which, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's that's a problem in and of itself. (laughs) But. So, okay, I didn't sleep last night. I slept poorly. I still had to get up and I still stressed all day. And then I was tired and then I ate only the food that I saw or that someone put in my hand. Yeah. So now I don't have the nutrition, which I'll get into that in a second. I don't have the nutrition to support the the hormones and the messengers in my body. In order to basically calm down yeah you know so your body's just on stress all day so what's the best advice you can give it like let's say I'm gonna go to sleep and I'm
0: stressed out what's the best thing that I could do to try to bring that melatonin up
1: so this is what I do and uh, in the mornings it doesn't matter if my phone you saw my phone was on do not disturb I actually have it scheduled do not disturb me from 10 p.m. at night to 10 a.m. in the morning oh wow um when i don't like to have food at least three hours before bed because that leaves your insulin up insulin melatonin won't come up until your insulin's kind of finished so if you're snacking late at night melatonin's like oh guess we'll sleep later oh you know gotta gotta use this food now yeah yeah guess we'll Increase later, yeah. What,
0: what do you think, what, when I'm training really hard, like I drink a casein powder before I go to sleep, what do mm-hmm. you think, is that like a bad idea to do? Or
1: How how long before? Like an hour before. Can you jack it back a little bit? Like, like
0: two hours before
1: or something? Maybe two and a half hours. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, those endorphins and everything that you get from working out, that's good. And I like when people work out before they go to bed because... It gets the, it gets the the circulation going and kind of mm-hmm. sweeps out the day's activities is how I think. Wait, of it. working out before you go to bed? Not directly before you go okay. to bed, but like a f- four or five hours before that. Okay. You know That way you kind of get everything kind of like circulating and swept out. Your kidneys filter all the stuff. Your liver turns the things on and off that it needs to do, and then you're ready for bed. You know. Got it. Got and, it. And um, since you're worn worn down a little bit, you can rest a little bit better. Got it, got it. So regarding physical health, what symptoms
0: or problems can result from hormone balance alone, imbalance alone?
1: So physically, and this is what brings some people in as a physical complaint. Um, Overall, usually for both men and for women, they complain of, um, hey doc, I'm holding on to more fat than I used to, or I feel like my muscle mass is, it's not as much as it used to be, or, I've been working out really hard, but I can't build. I'm not building muscle. Mm-hmm. And then keep in mind, most of my patients are private patients. They're already healthy. They've already kind of tuned up their diet a little bit, and they already work out probably four or five days a week. So when these people come to me, uh, first I tease that out. Like, what are you putting in your mouth, and what are you doing with your body? After that, it's like, all right, I need labs to see what else is going on. Mm-hmm. But physically, they'll talk about weight gain, specifically for women. If it's an estrogen issue, it'll be like lower body, so yeah. tummy, butt, thighs, things like that. Yeah. Um, when they're older, if you notice older people, they'll lose their fat. They'll, it's like thin and kind of crepey on the outside. Yeah. But then they'll start getting fatter in the middle. And it's <laughs> like for some guys... They have this protuberant belly. We call it the beer shed. Mm-hmm. It looks like this is a oh, fact.
2: No beer? <laughs> no beer.
1: So I um, think you got a hernia there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah
2: it's like, a, it's like a pair of twins, like so, But
1: beer. remember, we have fat on the outside, but we also have fat on the inside surrounding our organs. So hormones dictate where your fat goes. Mm. So when they're not balanced, not only does it start collecting down below, like for women, for men, more frequently than not, a lot of it kind of goes around the organs, so you've got like this visceral fat okay and you have a cardiac fat pad ps i was very cardio oriented before i went into this and i'm like protect the heart you gotta keep Uh so if your fat content is building up around your org if you have a fatty liver guess what your liver's not processing all your hormones and all of your nutrition and everything you Mm -hmm. know so people complain of weight gain and then along with that inflammation so they'll get like bloated you know yeah oh i'm bloated what did you eat, you know, are your hormones intact to kind of guide these things along. Mm-hmm. Um, so muscle mass, weight gain, hair loss, big deal. Hair loss... Um, yeah, okay. wh- wh- why do you think like hair loss starts happening for men and women? So... So I'll go a little bit to cortisol, that high stress situation kind of revs everything up for a little while. Right. Mm. Well, normally your hair goes through certain stages of growth and kind of like growing itself then growing for about three months and then you get into the end phase where it falls out. Well, Mm. when you're stressed, that process speeds up a little bit. And stress could be emotional, um, physical, traumatic, surgery, mm. uh, illness, all of those things. So you can imagine if your hair life was supposed to last three months and then you have this insult, this traumatic situation, yeah. then it speeds it up to about a two-month process instead of three. So then two months later, you'll say, oh, my God, my hair is falling out. Mm-hmm. What happened? Mm-hmm. Well, you forgot you were sick two months ago. Uh, okay, gotcha. Then how do, it, how, do you, how can you reverse that? Like. You know what I mean? Like, Well, A, when it happens, if it's from a disruption like that, just remember your hair will grow back. Um, okay. And you just get over your illness. Like if, if it's, you know, if you're sick, I always put vitamin C, zinc, things like that. Um, if it's a trauma, then you'll just have to, like a surgery or something, you'll just have to heal from it. And then eventually your, your body's going to perceive the stress as gone. Yeah. And then it'll grow back with its normal time span. But um, in addition to cortisol, um, testosterone plays a big role. Thyroid plays a big role in speeding up things. Mm-hmm. So if you're hyperactive, you're going to burn those things out quicker. So your hair follicle is going to mature and your hair is going to, you know. Gotcha. Quicker than it normally would. Um, estrogen, um, a- estrogen, progesterone imbalance can cause the hair thinning and eventual it- it kind of removal before it's time. How can,
0: how can somebody, um, first of all, find out that they're like, where they're at you know what i mean and and basically you know come and see you or do they go get a blood test
1: and then bring you like the screening and all that stuff how does that work so for the most part um i belong to a society called a4m it's an anti-aging society and Mm -hmm. on their website they have like a find a provider thing and wherever you are in the nation if you would like to search you can find someone local but again, nowadays with telehealth, you can kind of get you know to whoever you need to get to. So if you want to get to me, um, we'll leave my my at and everything, and, and they can message me. But first step is to talk with your doctor um, and go through what I call a screening. Like, should I get my labs done and should I get them done right now? And Mm. then what can we do about it after? I do serum labs. So that's like your regular blood draw. Mm. For my anxious uh, people, um, I get I can do the cortisol four point testing during the day. Okay, That's a saliva test. You do four little saliva samples and you send it in and they they can trend what you were doing all day long oh really Uh wow um and then that company also does a urine testing for metabolites i can uh, test trace elements all of your selenium your iodine your zinc chromium manganese like all of the things i can find it all wow i can do a tool a stool sample and see if you're actually using protein here's a fun fact you need your hydrochloric acid in your stomach to break down the proteins that you eat. So if you don't have enough acid in your stomach, you're not breaking the protein down to build your muscles. And you poop that extra protein out, and I can see it. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's not sexy, but... <laughs> so uh, serum testing, saliva, urine, and we do blood spot testing, stool samples. Um, and then you kind of look at that whole picture and you say, okay... Is this hormone off because this nutrient was missing or this vitamin was missing? Because you need certain vitamins and and trace elements and nutrients to make the hormone. Mm -hmm. Another fun fact. Testosterone, your sex hormones are made by cholesterol. If someone gave you a statin to block your cholesterol, guess what? Testosterone's probably dipped a little bit oh okay so so when when you went to the traditional doc who was trained traditionally, and I was that person, oh cholesterol issue you, you didn't get it through you didn't fix it through diet. we need to give you a statin we need to you know um that blocks your building blocks for the for the hormones, and then antacid blocks your ability to break down your nutrients, so common things that traditional docs wrote, like the the- p- proton pump inhibitor for the stomach or the co- the cholesterol medicine for your cholesterol. Those things are causing you more problems,
2: mm. you know. Yeah, I was I was uh, prescribed a statin because of strokes. And I mm-hmm. suffered three strokes mm-hmm. in 2021, mm-hmm. and then boom, testosterone on the floor. Yeah, yeah. So now it's raised that uh, organically, mm-hmm. or I don't know, I can't say organically, chemically through uh-huh. in- injections, mm-hmm. and now my in- my insulin is skyrocketed. Uh, I was already diabetic, so you can imagine. So now I'm fighting high insulin to the point where they gave me the harsh reality. Either you start working out every single day or you're going to lose your limbs because you have so much sugar in your You're going to make bl- me
1: give you a physical exam before
0: this day <laughs> over. I was just going to tell you. I've been telling him. I'm like, you need to go see the right you're, doctor, you know, to help you out. Yeah. So.
2: And, you know, my sugar stays high. There's uh, nothing really... I don't find any improvement other than I'm losing a lot of weight now because I'm literally starving, eating, uh, what you call uh, glycerna type protein shakes. Mm-hmm. But anytime I have anything else, boom, goes up again. Yeah. So, it, I'm, I'm all drugged up. The doctors almost want to keep me sick.
1: And sometimes people feel that way because. Okay, so your traditional doc, I, I don't accept insurance. The cash pay, you know, situation. I can sit with you all day if I feel like it, you know. Yeah. And and I have that luxury to sit and tease out what's the problem. Um, here's an example, and not to get into your personal s- scenario. You can.
2: I deserve it. <laughs> but
1: uh, no. So when guys, a lot of men come to me on testosterone replacement, and they have these high doses, and they weren't followed um, well. And they were never given anastrosol or we do HCG to kind of keep the what I call keep the boys full. But the anastrosol is important to keep the estrogens lower. There's a certain ratio of testosterone to estrogen that a man should have. So if you have too much testosterone, it's flipped over to estrogen and you don't have that proper ratio. Fat stores estrogen. Actually, fat makes the bad estrogen. So, it's kind of like the more fat you have, the more estrogen you're making, you're making more fat. So, that's a vicious cycle. And you're getting
0: depressed too because of that, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. We'll talk about men and PMSing in a second. <laughs> but, um,. If you're giving someone testosterone, you have to realize that their estrogen has to be balanced. You know, there's a certain range where you have to lie in. So well, I
2: I do take something that I believe sounds like a little that. white pill. Uh, yeah, after uh two, <coughs> they, two days after after the testosterone yeah. testosterone shot. Yeah,
1: yeah. That, that's and, probably and it. that and that frequency of that dose twice a week, once a week, half a tab. You know, that might need to be adjusted. Um, just like with women and, and our hormone replacement i I feel like I stalk them, but I do um because the amount of estrogen that I put in a cream um or progesterone that I put in a capsule it for the most part uh it's good you know it's gonna be metabolized kind of average but if you get sick, if you take some other medications that have to go through your liver, that's going to slow down the metabolism of, of the meds that we're using, you know? If you come up with an illness that's affecting your liver or your kidney function, that's going to affect how my hormones are turned on and utilized. So I call it a sliding scale estrogen, if anyone wants to
0: I have no clue. recognize that <laughs> as
1: my phrase. Um, sliding scale estrogen? estrogen sliding okay. scale estrogen, yes. But the point is, is you have to monitor your labs, even for men with the with the estrogen issue. If a man, this is why testosterone gets a bad name, roid rage. Roid rage is actually a man with too much estrogen because they juiced, but it flipped over to, the testosterone flipped over to estrogens. Men can't PMS. They wow. suck at it. It's miserable. <laughs> it's like having the man cold all the time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what is, um? what is what brings your patients to see you like you know
1: obviously when you pick up that phone call what are they telling you so for the most part if it's a person calling for themselves, and it's so funny because i'll have family members call on like hey my cousin she's overweight she sleeps all day all she does is cry she snacks she eats salt she eats sweet so a family member might call but if a person calls themselves, it's usually because they don't feel themselves. Mm-hmm. um I'm tired now. I've slept all the time. I don't have the energy to play with my kids. Um, when I get up to go to work, I'm just sad. I, I hate my life. I'm depressed for no reason. Wow. Um, I have weight gain. I don't know who I am. They, they'll say the phrase, I don't know who I am when I look in the mirror anymore. That's a lot of complaint for the women. And sleep, energy, and hair. For men, and I love my men that come to me not for libido. Because everyone knows sex, hormones, libido. Mm-hmm. I would say 30% or less of the guys come to me because of a libido complaint. They actually come to me because doc I'm depressed or doc I'm fat mm-hmm. or doc I cannot recover from my workouts like I used to or you know I've been I've been adding weight and I've my muscles are where are they you know. Yeah, yeah. So so the mental will complain not only about the physical but they do complain about sadness and depression and. Mm-hmm. Um, which the, the estrogen does give that irritable, emotional, things like that. Um, both sexes, they'll complain about anxiety and inability to sleep, and that's what we call the wired but tired situation. Mm. So they'll complain about um, inability to sleep too.
0: So when the women come to you, right, with, with these concerns and situations, what is the process that you you take them through to start getting them? And how long does it take before they start feeling better?
1: So um, depending on which hormone is deficient or needs to be balanced and, and, and why, you, you have to ask your providers why, you know? Um, Because you could be deficient in something because of your diet, because you had leaky gut, you didn't absorb it well. So I may not give you a hormone at all. I may say, you know, you need some selenium, you need some iodine, you need um, some zinc, you need these different cofactors, vitamins to build up iron. You know, like Mm -hmm. all these supplements can actually help your body make it if you can still make it. But the process is you call me, I do a screening call, I see what's your medical history, what medications are you on, what environment are you in, like what's the problem that can be external. If we can tease out all of that, I schedule you for, um, for blood work. Normally I use one specific lab um, up here in, in um, West Palm Beach and um, the labs will get back to me within 48 hours. So I'll try to do the, the follow-up consult like immediately once you receive your medications, I always order a three month supply of medication because you didn't lose hormone overnight. So you're not going to regain it overnight. Right. Okay. And so I try to, like, put that in the people's brain. Don't I say don't look for a result. Just live your life. Tell yourself positive thoughts. Don't go looking for a result. Usually they see results within like six weeks or so. Okay. I don't have them <laughs> expect that. If they come mm-hmm. back to me and they tell me that I'm like, yeah, you know, um, they'll say, oh, I think I f- I'm less bloated. My clothes are like not as tight or, um, the, oh, I have energy. I have endurance. I have motivation for my men. I, I a lot of them come and they just they're just down in the dumps and I call it loss of mojo. And so <laughs> after, you know, like a six week period, they're, they're like, doc. I don't hate myself like I'm doing so good and Mm -hmm. it's just so great to see them live while they're alive you know what I mean because you see so many people walking around dead Mm -hmm. you know Uh
0: and um, living in like a prison in their own head in their
1: own head and and the thing is is they don't talk about it like Mm -hmm. thankfully nowadays people talk about depression anxiety sadness and and therapists look therapists are the new black this is my thing you know um, but just to talk about it because the person next to you might have an answer and that's how I get a lot of my patients by word of mouth. I don't advertise too much because I have like people just keep calling, and I'm blessed. I'm so blessed because they keep sending people to me. So that's amazing. Uh, about a three month, a three month uh, medication is ordered. Then I'll follow up with labs mm. and clinically, like, how are you feeling? What's your weight? What you doing? How's your, you know, mental going? What's work like? what yeah. what are your workouts and meals you know and and generally people are trending in that improved area and i get happy because around month six most of their numbers have fallen into place even the things that i didn't touch like the cholesterol and the thyroid you know if i mm-hmm. left that if i fix one or two little fundamental things yeah they start cascading into like a really good spot you know what um what
0: age are you noticing where people like their their hormones are starting to like Go out of place so all over the place.
1: <laughs> this is going to be like a tri-pronged answer so i have my youngest patient is like 22 he uh, and these are younger males and what i've noticed is the younger men come to me because they're feeling sad and depressed and they have a history of drug use mm. and it's self-medicating right so these kids i'll check and i call them kids because they're early 20s i'll check their levels their testosterone is like 100, 120, 118, 130. That is very low, especially for that young of a guy, right? And so it kind of boils down to, and their estrogens are high. So it boils down to those imbalances and the brain, like the chemical imbalance that's happening because they're just left anxious. They don't get Mm -hmm. that calming effect, you know, from from the breakdown of those metabolites. so twenty two was my youngest patient. My oldest patient was one hundred and three. She was super healthy. Wow. And I think she died of boredom. She outlived both of her kids and all of her friends. And one day she just and it's not funny, but I'm I'm pretty sure she said, "You know what? I'm bored. Yeah, I gotta go. Yeah." And she stopped eating and she died within the week. But she was healthy. Wow. <laughs> That's, that's crazy. 103 years old. I do. I do want to say, and I have no idea why this flipped into my mind. I was thinking crepey skin and old. Um, (sighs) Another thing about estrogen deficiency that I do want to mention, women will complain of vaginal dryness, vaginal pain and pain during intercourse. So that'll deter a lady from wanting to, you know, to, to get down and dirty. Right. Yeah. So if they're not doing their I'll just say doing their part in the bedroom, then your guy is by default, he's sick, you know. If, if he's got the libido and she's like, oh, it's painful, I don't want to get involved, that's a scenario where I want the couple in, you know, because mm. th- there's possibly something that I can do for the wife and, and this what we call vaginal atrophy to bring those cells back to life because that is a muscle wall. You know, you have your vaginal wall, that's a muscle wall, and you've got you've to gotta nourish that. The estrogen needs to get there and kind of make the cells, you know, Yeah. It's your lady parts. Yeah. So but if you're not doing if you're not able to to deal with your own sexual Mm -hmm. needs, then your partner is likely not able to deal with his. And then he may get a little depressed or kind of uh, ego
2: wounded. you Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it becomes a, a marital affair. Yeah, so you, you help fix that, too. And you don't want a marital affair. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, so the many The good couples.
2: old wandering eye. <laughs> yes. My wife doesn't want me anymore, so your right. eyes wander. Right,
1: right. And then here's another, that's a fun fact. Um, if you don't feel sexy, then I'm not acting sexy. Mm. You know, then I don't want it. So when women are retaining weight or they're depressed or sad or they feel... F- you know down then they don't feel like initiating or participating in and so yeah. by default you've got another marital affair mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not it not meaning that the guy's gonna stray just means like you you're, you're kind of letting the situation down so you know? let me ask you something so let's say you know for a, norm, a normal person all of
0: a sudden they're finding themselves like they're not feeling themselves they're feeling depressed they're feeling like you know their life doesn't matter and um do they go get help with a therapist or do you think it's just something with their hormones they should come and see you instead I, of doing that
1: i would and and they and they may can see their primary care doctor i would first make sure um because me be me i i'm like let's make sure everything's there the nutrition the hormones yeah. the, you know like uh, that you're not anemic and you're just weak you know yeah, that could be yeah. the simplest thing Um, Especially for heavy menstruation, you know, Mm -hmm. like you're, I'm just weak. But um, if they're feeling down and depressed and they really, they've, you have to think about yourself. What am I doing or what am I not doing? Did I set boundaries? Am I down and depressed because I'm overworking myself, because I'm taking on too much of my, my friend's problems? Mm -hmm. Fix externally what you can. Mm-hmm. And then I would get my my labs checked and say, OK, is there anything I can do to make myself stable? Mm. And then once and once you do that, if they even in the hospital, if someone brings me someone with what they think is a psych disturbance, we have to medically clear them before we can say that. Oh, OK, so you have to medically like make sure <clears> there's <throat> nothing that you can fix medically. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: So um, what is drop aid? I've never heard of that before. And I know drop you meant, aid. Yeah. You, you mentioned something here <clears throat> with the questions that you send me. Oh, Siri must have done that.
1: <laughs> what, what was <laughs> what was before that? <clears throat> the,
0: before that one was uh, what are the things that bring people to see you? So but it's OK. Uh, what gives um, hormone hormone replacement a bad name?
1: Yeah. So Siri hates me. First. Um, secondly, um, for men, the hormone replacement kind of gets a bad name because there were so many bodybuilders and, you know, um, just people that wanted to have that aesthetic and they overdid it and they wanted to have, you know, you will see men that'll marry anabolic steroids with their testosterone because they're lifting or they're doing these competitions or they're doing these short-term things. I have a lot of young patients that like shot their adrenals just because they abused some things because their trainer told them to. Mm. So testosterone replacement had a bad name for so long because of the abuse that people kind of did with it. And also there was one study, I think it was in the 60s, of one guy who had a bad outcome from testosterone replacement. And ever since then, with the injections, ever since then, every, you know, a lot of people, oh, the injection, oh, the injection, you know, Mm -hmm. they didn't want to do. But the fact is, if your testosterone is so low and everything else is fixed and you're really not making it on your own... You got to replace it externally. That cream is only going to do so much. Mm. A lot of the guys don't want to do a cream every day. You do it once a week, once every ten days, something you know, real quick. Yeah, that is synthetic, but and the cream is bioidentical. But for the most part, if it's just a short duration, and I can get you over. Then it's not. It's less harmful. Um, for the women, um, people shy away from it because they think this is fun. This is great. Women shy away from it because they're like, oh, I don't want to take anything like a hormone. And then as I'm talking to them, I'm like, oh, okay, tell me about your cycle. Tell me about your uh, birth history. Okay, have you ever ta- have you taken um, birth control pills? Oh, yeah. I was on that for 20 years. <laughs> That's like the worst thing you cool could beans. do. And then the thing about birth control is that it's more estrogen than progesterone, so that causes the problem. But people um. mm-hmm, people become afraid to take hormones because it's kind of foreign to them, and they worry about breast cancer and thing like that. But the Women's Health Initiative study, that – looked at synthetic synthetic progest- progestin and uh, hormones we make with the compounding pharmacy bioidentical and it's plant based so it's the same human strain birth control is based on horse urine birth control is equine based what Unreal. i
2: had no but idea but how do you how do you uh, how can you maintain the enthusiasm for beyond birth control as a, a very legitimate form of contraceptive?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, this is the thing when women are younger and they have these heavy periods or they have fibroids or truly they're, they're sexually active and they don't want to have a baby. Um, there are a few other methods to help prevent pregnancy, Marina, the IUD, the, the implanted devices, things like that. And they'll have like a smaller amount of the, the hormone. Um, I'm sorry, what was the, I, I was going uh, on. Well, on one question implant. I did want
2: to ask related to me personally uh, do they have pellets for testosterone?
1: So, the, go ahead, sorry. So the pellets, I, people do pellets. I don't love pellets because if I need to stop your, your therapy for a minute, you got to go open me up, dig it out, or if it's something that's not life, very life threatening, then you can just wait six months and feel better later
0: what are what are what are like the like the best um birth control uh pills that you would recommend uh, you know
1: i leave you know what i leave the birth control arena to the to the ob-gyn doctors i would and and most of them agree with me you just do the low the lowest the low estrogen ones and there are a few different brands and all of that um so younger women they can go on it um But the thing is, you have to realize it could set you up for an earlier onset of hormone imbalance, Mm. which is likely going to come anyhow. Mm. I will say this about estrogen and menopause and perimenopause. Um, Women will say, Oh, I've already gone through the change. I'm finished my hot flashes. Hot flashes. (laughs) I finished my hot flashes. I feel fine now. But I'm like, Okay, but do you feel fine? Oh, yeah, I feel fine now. Okay. But remember, estrogen is important for your cardiovascular health, for the compliance of your blood vessels, and it's important for your bone health. You don't want an early onset bone fracture,
0: Mm. you know?
1: Um, So
0: so. so yeah, let's talk a a little bit about menopause. Obviously that's a very popular topic. And you know, when should women start like experiencing the symptoms, like around what age?
1: So it used to be later and later, but nowadays I think my women are going into perimenopause Earlier, I mean, I would say an average of like 37, 38. I have women in with progesterone deficiency, okay, which is kind of screwing up their uh, rhythm of their period, right? Mm. So fast forward to around age forty-five, I have more people that are that are nearing menopause at forty-five than I did ten years ago. You know, okay, um, and it's a lot of what we eat and how we drink. I noticed you poured the water in here, and I appreciate that. I'm going to oh, show yeah. you. Right <laughs> But the plastic bottles, Mm. xenoestrogens, all the things that you put in foods, you know, uh, even for men, we're experiencing hormone imbalances sooner than later because of the product, like you're, you're juicing the cows with the steroids, right? And then you, you eat that. You know, you're putting all of these sprays on your plant products. You think the food's safe. I mean, it's like, what are we going to eat now? But yeah. you're spraying all these chemicals and they're like xenoestrogens. And so they get into the food that you eat and they screw up your hormone trail. So that's why we're getting these problems earlier because we think we're, you know, we're doing the right thing and really you just have to go more organic and just kind of Mm. be mindful of uh, what you're putting in your body, you know? Yeah, definitely. So
0: what do you suggest for women? Like, for example, I'm 40 years old and I I still don't have any babies. I would love to be a mom, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, What do you think about, you know, freezing your eggs or, like, where should I go for that? I have no clue. I haven't even started doing my research. I should have started that a while ago, but... In my mind, I'm like I'm healthy. I'll be fine, you know. With modern day medicine, it won't be hard to, yeah. you know, so get for, pregnant. <laughs> for
1: that field, um, there's a specialty called maternal fetal medicine, and so the fertility docs basically, and so they can help you um, test and kind of see like, okay, what are what are these levels that I need to be at uh, to induce like an ovulation to to get the eggs to donate, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that would be as far as timing I'm not an expert in that arena mm-hmm. but I would say you know it, it's inevitable that re- one day you're going to stop making you know yeah. the, <laughs> the things so um, I think you're at an appropriate age I don't think you're too late I mean really? I, ha- I have women that have I, get ac- scared sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> I have I have friends I have relatives that have been pregnant in their early 40s you know mm. it's not that everyone's going to get to menopause at that early age mm. but I'm just seeing that trend like it, I don't want women to be confused like oh my god i didn't have a period for a year like i'm only 47 48 Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's like hey honey it can happen you know it can happen
0: let's talk a little bit about postpartum depression and 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 you know how common that is a lot of a lot of my girlfriends actually all of them have had postpartum depression how can you prevent that from happening
1: i would i wouldn 't say that you can prevent it from happening. I would say you can naturally kind of modify the hormones that are circulating around um, just by modifying your diet. Um, you want to support um, the I guess the building blocks of those um, hormones. Mm-hmm. So, just like a balance, and and people always say, oh, a balanced meal. But I mean, there are certain things that the green foods um, provide for you, or like oysters, or, you mm-hmm. know, like they're different, they're different parts, like seafood's gonna give you like certain um, trace elements and minerals and things. But postpartum depression comes from the rapid removal of those high hormones Mm. so people are gonna go through like there's no way to prevent that rapid drop in the hormones so Mm -hmm. it's it's this time period where it's like super low and Mm -hmm. just this a slow increase for the most part it's a waiting game of like you increasing so i would avoid um you know xenoestrogens um i would avoid kind of um there are women that get online and they get these products that are that are helpful for helpful for hormones mm-hmm. and some of them are more harmful so really i would just kind of watch what i put into my body i would exercise you know just kind of increase your own muscle mass deep it, and it's better for the baby health too mm. um can but, you provi- does every no. single woman get no. postpartum no, no 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 and and that it's kind of like a chemical thing i hate when people get treated for I mean, if they're actually feeling like they're going to harm their baby or themselves, then yes, you, you should definitely seek treatment. But understand that it's a short period. It's not preventable. Not everyone's going to get postpartum depression. How long does it last? You you know, for the most part, I'll see like a three-month period, you uh, know? Yeah. That t- I, that's yeah. like a long it, time, it, I it, think, feeling that y- way. You yeah. Know? Um, I, I mean, between three and six months, if you're still feeling that way, I would definitely just talk to my OB-GYN. And that's why they have them follow up, you know? They'll have them in the office and see how they're feeling. And the pediatrician should be kind of monitoring that, too. So,
0: do you suggest that they go and get their blood work done and see where their hormones are at or, or no, just kind of go with the flow? No,
1: because we're, we're expecting that they're going to be low and that they're changing every single day.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, at, what, at what age do you, do you see like people that are str- starting to struggle with like, their weight and retaining muscle?
1: I want to say one more thing about the, post, the postpartum. Um, breastfeeding does help with, okay. with um, speeding that recovery along. Um okay so what age do i see women with yeah, their weight issues yeah with the weight um, issues i
0: mean I, that does happen a lot especially after pregnancy yeah you know after they give
1: birth like so what after the 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 postpartum period i would say once those hormones start increasing then they'll start balancing and then the body will say oh i don't need to hold on to this fat anymore okay and it'll you, it, again it's a waiting game but exercising and just kind of eating well uh, i always recommend fresh organic foods don't mm-hmm. go to the processed things because that's where yeah. all the problems are you Mm-hmm. Know, if you eat healthy then your baby's going to eat healthy and it's just a better scenario Trickles for hormone down, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. um but i'll see between like 35 to 55 i see them beginning to complain usually after the age of 55 they're like oh well you know i gained 20 pounds 10 years ago and here it is it's still here
0: i mean i've, I've seen people women that are getting into the best shape of their life at 55 yes i have a friend of mine natalie jill you know natalie jill I think, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 the, yeah, yeah. the events, I think. So, so she's 50 years old and completely shredded yeah. in better shape than she
1: was when in her 40s. S- South Florida, we put this stuff in our water. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in South Florida, I think we're all more active. The the climate kind of supports you know, a more- No active.
2: nasty winters.
1: No nasty winters. And then, you know, for some women, it's like, oh, you know, she's doing stuff, let me get out there and, and keep up with my girlfriends, mm-hmm. which is good. It's kind of like positive reinforcement. But um, honestly, a lot of women, if you took the nation and you kind of looked at them, there's like, it's been reported 75% of women after menopause are in that obese category. Mm. They left Florida out of it. Wow, (laughs) that's a big number. Yeah. So you have to think about this you know when you think woman you think estrogen you think voluptuous when when you when you see voluptuous you you think estrogen so keep in mind that when the estrogen builds up or the estrogen is dominant that's when you're holding on to the fat and you're you know you're voluptuous Mm. usually the progesterone's a lot lower so if you can just balance that situation then the body doesn't want to hold on to all that fat you know yeah Yeah. what is
0: what is what would you say is like a really well-balanced diet for somebody you know who's who's starting to like Hold on to that weight, not losing that much. You know, how many times a day should they be eating? What does breakfast look like? You know, like for me, when I'm training, I like to have like raspberry blueberries in the morning with some egg whites Uh or, um, you know, Ezekiel bread with a couple of eggs, Mm -hmm. Uh, a banana with peanut butter right before I
1: go to the gym. Potassium protein, you you know, so yeah. Um, I, like, I like how you work out. And I'm sure that you have a regimen and you've kind of like gone through different. Some people are like, oh, should I do Mediterranean? Should I do keto? Should I do low carb and all this stuff? Um, I would just say I would steer away from dairy because it's an inflammatory thing. Mm-hmm. It may actually have some of these xenoestrogens in it anyhow.
2: Well, in my case, what really hurt me, and it went on for 10 years, mm-hmm. was I was reading the carton of half and half. Mm-hmm. And it said low carbs. He mm-hmm. says I had done low carb diets many times, lost 100 pounds several times. Mm-hmm. I was taking it and my pharmacy, my pharmacist says, you know, do you know that half and half takes 15 hours to metabolize all the glucose? I go, whoa, <laughs> that explains why my sugar's in the 300s. Yeah,
1: um, with the cream and yeah, wow. the, half, the half that's cream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the half and half it yeah. was killing me. Yeah.
2: And uh, I already have a a descendancy. You know, my father, heavily a diabetic. My grandfather lost his legs. Uh, Of course, my grandfather was in the 40s. I never met him, but I got to watch out. And the whole time for 10 years, half and half was killing me.
1: Yeah, so... uh it, and that's true. So I, I like to stay away from dairy because it's inflammatory. I mm. like to stay away from over processed products because you mm. don't know what they processed it with. And they stripped all of the things out of it. For instance, white rice and and white breads and things like that. Your body doesn't have to do any work at all to get that carb it's right there, you know? So whereas you have the brown um, rices and the brown breads and those things, your body has to work and it gets to pull some of those nutrients from that. It's it's your complex carbs. So I like complex carbs before 1 p.m., um, mm-hmm. not in excess. I like no dairy or low dairy. Now, I do like a yogurt um, and I need to, to get off of my yogurt, but <laughs> I, I actually, I just, I like the consistency of it and I've been trying to use like more kefir and things like that. Yeah. But um, no processed items if it's in a bag it's not your friend you know Mm,
0: i like cottage cheese is that good In it's moderation. <laughs> I can, With like the blueberries
1: and like a po- uh, kiwis yeah. basically and saying all
2: che- You're basically <laughs> saying all cheeses are a problem.
1: It, it, yeah. Um, I, they are inflammatory um, in a small amount in someone who can process well. I mean, I wouldn't knock you for doing that right now. But some people get to a state where the metabolism has slowed down and that lingers longer and you're mm. inflamed longer. Um, I would watch obviously my glucose intake and as far as meal prep and things like that if it's a fresh if you have your fresh veggies and your fresh fruits um you know people people kind of default to these packaged items and Mm. and it's not fresh and and it's and it's super quick and it's not wholesome so I think just use your brain you know um lean meats fish salmon um grilled chickens things like that um
0: and you'd be surprised how many people don't actually use their brain and really don't know anything about nutrition. And yeah. You know, like, even my mom, like, she's she's a little heavier, and she's like, Mel, I'm barely eating. I'm like, Mom, that's why you're not losing Your weight. Your body holds on you to know it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I continue telling her, like, try to eat at least five to six times a day even if you're snacking on an apple or an almond you know what i mean to keep,
1: smaller yeah to smaller keep that and more frequent.
0: that metabolism going yeah
1: and people have different me- me- metabolic rates and metabolic types you know depending on their habit like someone might be more estrogen you know like and, and someone might be might be less so you see a bean pole type person mm. and their metabolism is still up and revving right and you see um a, a person that's has that hourglass but you know kind of heavier figure Mm -hmm. their rates of metabolism are different um but i i do feel like the smaller more frequent at minimum three meals people have been doing intermittent fasting which is helpful if you're an inflamed person i do Mm. believe just to kind of detox a little bit and get yourselves um on a different flow um that's actually becoming one of the most popular diets.
0: Yeah. Like after keto, fasting. like then yeah. this one came. Yeah. I, I like eating too much. I yeah. can't do that. Yeah,
1: I like more of a, a paleo diet, you know. And um, I mean, I'm a southern girl from New Orleans. We, uh, <laughs> if, if you go there, okay. your digestive system will change. <laughs> um, not for the better, but you'll... Gumbo. Gumbo, exefe, I mean, we fry so many things. There's a heavy roux involved. Yeah, yeah, I
0: mean, I'm Puerto Rican, so you know how Puerto Rican food is too. Yeah, I know, I could eat that every single
1: day. Yeah, yeah, so.
0: Is there there anything else, like, you you would like to add that we we haven't touched on right now that you think it's important for men and women to know?
1: So this is the thing. There has been a trend of doctors not telling their patients or not wanting to be blunt enough to say, you are getting you're getting out of control, you know, and I want to put my foot down. And that goes back to the to the doctors that are kind of short on time. Insurance dictates how how much time you can spend with a patient. Right. So they tend to skip over nutrition and exercise mm. and what you're eating and how you are feeling, you know. Yeah. So um, I would just if you have a friend who's overeating or looking looking like they're not themselves, I wish that more people would reach out to their friends or their family members or their coworkers and say, hey, you know what? I think I have a doctor I, I think can make you at least have more energy and, and just leave it like that. Because okay. when they call me, mm. I tease it all out, you know, and they'll gotcha. say, oh, my friend said I'm sluggish, you know, I, I'm tired and I should call you. But I wish more people would, would do that for the, the surra- their surrounding friends and especially their parents because mm-hmm. this is the thing. If mom's walking around with no estrogen, she could have an early heart attack. She could fall and break a hip. Wow! If Dad's walking around with no testosterone, he—I mean, why has he been depressed and eating like that all this time? You know, Mm -hmm. the the beer—you know, there's oh he has a beer or two every day. Well, that kind of adds to some of the problem. You know, like he may be self-medicating. If you see people that have an addiction disorder, you know, like if they're anxious, they're usually doing downers. If they're depressed, they might be doing uppers.
2: I'm I'm one of those, but my uh, self-medication is. Freaking coffee.
1: Coffee. Coffee, <laughs>
2: coffee, 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 coffee. Is
1: it black coffee?
2: Black. Now I learned because no more half and half. That was <laughs> killing me. Uh, so I do coffee. And now for the last six or seven weeks, I just that one coffee in the morning. And believe me, boy, the rest of the day, I'm miserable. Yeah. I want another coffee. And I just don't do it. Yeah. Now I have reason not to go to Starbucks. Yeah. Because thank God they told me about half and half. So why go to Starbucks? Have Starbucks to have is basic. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, I just
2: have to have the half half over organic. there. organic. I always ask for uh, my coffee breve, which is the half and half. But that those days are over now. So I haven't been yeah. to Starbucks, in I don't know how long. And I I have my coffee in the morning, and I brace myself for the rest of the freaking day. And I've been doing it for now eight weeks now. Yeah. And I only had that one coffee in the morning.
0: Yeah. Do you, do you give your, your patients, like, a nutritional plan? Do you have,
1: like, a menu for them? I maybe have like- a nutritionist that I refer them to okay. uh, because, I mean, as an internal medicine doc, I can do everything. Mm. I, I can do everything. Do I do everything? I don't really have the time to do all that, so I have a nutritionist that I send out to. Um, it, it's just easier for follow-up. Yeah. And the,
2: it's easier on the patient, too, especially men. Yeah. We'll, we'll accept a cantina. Yeah. That those three meals come, yeah. and sometimes you. I, in my case, I order two because the coffee is my breakfast. Uh, I believe. I believe that man will just adhere to. I only eat what's there, and that's it. Walk away. I think. That's and standing the, up, they told me. Yeah. do sit down and entertain yourself because you're more. I think more. it's so
0: important to meal prep. To me, on Sundays yeah. is my meal prepping day. I have like six, seven containers. You know, I prepare for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then on Wednesday I'll prepare again, and mm-hmm. I keep it simple. Sweet potato. I do eat white rice, but like yeah. four ounces every like
1: yeah. a couple times a day. If you're not if you're not yeah. um, having glucose or insulin issues, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. So and then that way, you know, I just take it with me. If I'm going somewhere instead of eating out, I bring it with me. I put it in a microwave somewhere, and I'm. To see it, you know, yeah. hold yourself accountable.
1: Yeah, hold yourself. That, that's another thing. Hold yourself accountable. Mm. I wish people would talk to each other about the things that are bothering them and talk to their doctor. I wish uh, more doctors would go more towards anti-aging and functional mm. medicine and, and whole person, you know, whole person-centered um, treatments. Um, I wish hormone replacement didn't have such a bad name because we have to overcome so many hurdles. Mm. Insurance doesn't pay for most of the medications that we provide. The providers we can't even accept insurance because our patients are so detailed, and it's not their fault. But it's easier just to be a cash, you know, situation. Um, I encourage more people to realize their mental health is related to their, phys- you know, their their mm-hmm. other organs, mm-hmm. especially your gut. Gut, there's a huge gut-brain connection. Yeah, your gut has to take everything in and it uh, accepts all of the nutrients and kind of sends it to every organ in the body. So mm-hmm. if you're not supporting your adrenals or your liver or your thyroid or yeah. you know your ovaries or your testes, if you're not supporting those organs, then what are they left to do? They're mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. so. I just wish people would think a little bit more because it, it's it's like common. Common sense is less common, and it's it's such a true statement. Sometimes, yeah.
0: and I truly believe that there's natural cures for majority of what happens in our body. Yeah, yeah. You know, and-
1: in- inflammation is a big deal, and it's mm-hmm. like a lot of the problems that we're having, we actually cause ourselves. And I'm not I'm not gonna pick on you too much, but I will say. Diabetics can improve their vasculature down there in the legs by walking a lot more. You gotta, you gotta get the and, and,
2: and at a better pace. I walk with a Dodson, so it's kind of slow. Wait get for her. Get yourself
1: a stroller for that baby.
2: Not- <laughs> <laughs> no, I just gotta get. Uh, I was an athlete all my life, and yeah. I ruptured my Achilles, and I became a total lazy. I don't even run across the street. Talk I just look to at me. the car, like, dude, you could yeah, hit a we, buffalo. We, we
0: gotta, we gotta get him into your office. We're I, gonna make an appointment. I at. have what they call the Wolverine peptide. It's like, oh my god, I went peptide. to Bullen
2: Wolverine. I'm a Wolverine.
0: <laughs> That's <is> true. <laughs> I went I'll to show Wolverine you High School. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, Dr. Bonnie, where can people find you if they wanted to, you know, have a consultation with you? What does that look like? You know, do, do you? Can you talk about like pricing, or do you want to wait until you get on the phone with them? And
1: yeah, so you can find me at studiohealth.net um, or my Insta, which you'll see on on your page, I'm sure. My Insta, my personal, is at bonnie.gg, or it's at studio underscore health. Okay. Usually, it's, yeah. Health. Usually, okay. it's it's easiest just to get me at the at bonnie.gg. And then I'll direct you to whichever phone number needs to be uh, involved. Um, I don't want to go over pricing because each person is different. I I will say some of my labs and and companies do cater to veterans. um, So sometimes they might get a little bit of a discount. Um, I do have private annual patients that if they want to become a private patient of mine, then they get a different program. Or if you just want to be a hormone consultation, then that's a different fee as well. Okay, yeah.
0: perfect. And also if you wanna find Doctor Bonnie in person, she does show up once in a while at Epic Talks. Yes. <laughs> yes. So you can definitely meet her there at the next event. I think you're gonna be here July twenty seventh. I'm flying back from St. Thomas for okay. this. So okay. if someone <laughs> should show up. All right, <laughs> <Say> perfect. <hi. laughs> perfect. I look forward to seeing you there and Thank you, everyone, for listening in WSQF 94.5 FM. Melitza Wagi here. Make sure you guys t- stay tuned for next week. We'll, well be here um, at 11 a.m.
2: It was quite a pleasure to have you. Thank you as a for me. <laughs> I appreciate
0: Thank it. Thank you. <laughs>